Our first reading for today is from the 11th chapter of Zechariah. Thus said the Lord my God, Become shepherd of the flock doomed to slaughter. Those who buy them slaughter them and go unpunished, and those who sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, I have become rich. And their own shepherds have no pity on them. For I will no longer have pity on the inhabitants of this land, declares the Lord. Behold, I will cause each of them to fall into the hand of his neighbor and each into the hand of his king. And they shall crush the land and I will deliver none from their hand. So I became the shepherd of the flock doomed to be slaughtered by the sheep traders. And I took two staffs, one I named Favor, the other I named Union, and I tended the sheep. In one month I destroyed the three shepherds, but I became impatient with them, and they also detested me. So I said, I will not be your shepherd. What is to die, let it die. What is to be destroyed, let it be destroyed, and let those who are left devour the flesh of one another. And I took my staff, favor, and I broke it, annulling the covenant that I had made with all the peoples. So it was annulled on that day, and the sheep traders who were watching me knew that it was the word of the Lord. Then I said to them, If it seems good to you, give me my wages, but if not, keep them. And they weighed out as my wages thirty pieces of silver. Then the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter, the lordly price at which I was priced by them. So I took the thirty pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord to the potter. Then I broke my second staff, union, annulling the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. Then the Lord said to me, Take once more the equipment of a foolish shepherd. For behold, I am raising up in the land a shepherd who does not care for those being destroyed, or seek the young, or heal the maimed, or nourish the healthy, but devours the flesh of the fat ones, tearing off even their hoofs. Woe to my worthless shepherd who deserts the flock. May the sword strike his arm and his right eye. Let his arm be wholly withered, his right eye utterly blinded. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the fourth chapter of Second Timothy. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. 
and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books and above all the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to stood by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation of the Lord's Prayer with the fourth petition. What is the fourth petition? Give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Grace, mercy, and peace to all of you. From God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In this fourth petition we just went through, it talks about all the blessings that God gives us when we say the word daily bread. And it's so much more than just literally the bread that we eat or even the food that we drink. But Luther listed out a huge list of items. I often wonder, and I say this to the confirmands when we're going through this petition, what our days would be like every day if we realize that literally every single thing we have in our life comes to us all by grace, by God. You know, it's customary for us to say a prayer before we eat a meal. We might do that at every, every meal. We might do it at, you know, once a day at a meal. We might forget at times. And that's good to remember our food. But imagine as we're putting our shoes and socks on in the morning, we give thanks to God for our shoes and socks. Or as we put a jacket on, that we give thanks to God that he has given us a jacket. I even go deeper. How often have we ever stopped, paused, and given thanks to God that he gives us air to breathe? 
right? We give thanks to God for the food we eat. What about the air we're breathing every minute of every day? I mean, that's the graciousness of our God when you truly think about it. Every little thing we have, every, every nook, cranny, every morsel that we enjoy, that we eat, that we breathe, our bodies, all of them are a gift to us from God. And that also includes, of course, the spiritual as well. All of those many gifts that God gives to us. Because he's constantly working in this world through his word. Through his prophets, as we see in Zechariah, in his church. And he works in fascinating ways, and he does it out of grace. He does it because he loves us, and he'll never stop. In the same way that he'll never stop giving people in this world food and air to breathe and clothes to to wear, he'll never stop calling people back to faith. In our passage from Zechariah, it was... It's, some, it's interesting. I mean, sometimes when we read in the Old Testament, we read it and go, what are they talking about? Sometimes the prophets lived what God wanted them to live. They literally lived it in, in unique ways. So, for instance, Zechariah was called to be a shepherd to people who didn't want a shepherd. And so literally, and Zechariah is not talking figuratively here. He literally got two staffs. In his hand, like a shepherd's crook. One, he, and he named it favor. The other, union. And he tried to shepherd these people who did not want to be shepherd. And finally, and this is what it said, what he did. And again, this is all by God's grace that this is happening. And I took my staff, favor, and I broke it. Annulling the covenant that I had made with all the peoples. So it was annulled on that day. And the sheep traders who were watching me knew that it was the word of the Lord. What Zechariah did on that day, and this is about 500 years before the coming of the Christ. He, he broke this staff that said favor, God's favor with his people. Snapped it in half. Why? Because the people constantly rejected God, who is the giver of every good gift and every good gift he kept giving them time and time again. They kept throwing back in his face. It would be like if if you put a plate of food before a child, they'd pick up their food and throw it at their parents. I don't want to eat your food. Or imagine if there was a child who breathes normally and finally says, I don't want to breathe air. I'm going to do it. I'm going to. I'm not going to breathe air. Keep your air to yourself. They threw back in the face of God everything that God gave, every good gift. We have a section from our Lutheran Confessions, just a few sentences that talks about this passage, and it said this: This chapter in Zechariah begins with a lament over the Lord's coming judgment, followed by a description of how. He abandoned his flock and no longer had pity on them. This chastisement is God's strange work. His proper work is to comfort. Isaiah calls it the strange work of the Lord when he terrifies. Because to make alive and comfort is God's own proper work. But he terrifies for this reason. 
that there may be a place for comfort and making alive. We call it law and gospel, don't we? That the Lord sometimes has to beat us down, right? The cocky, the arrogant, and not just out there, here, when we get that way. Sometimes he beats us down. Why? Because he loves being cruel? No. Because he wants to show mercy. And he wants to always bring us back to him. To have all of us always realize that every good gift we have ever received in life comes from him. And that's why he went to that dramatic uh, step of breaking this staff. Favor. And yet, 500 years later, we know what our God did by showing true favor Not just to his people, the Jewish people, but to all of us, all of us Gentiles. By allowing his own son, Jesus Christ, to be broken for us. Not a staff this time. God himself allowing himself to become broken on a cross for the Jewish people and for us. To give us truly the greatest daily bread we'll ever receive, which is his body and his blood. Truly the greatest gift, the, the greatest meal we'll ever have. The Apostle Paul understood this so well. And I'm glad we had this reading from 2 Timothy today since we're studying second, uh, 1 Timothy right now in our adult Bible study after worship. But, but Paul understood, and it was so touching this passage we read, because it's his last words that we have recorded before he was killed. And in it, of course, he said, Um, that he's finished the race. He's fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. And then he said this, and this also applies to you. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. That's you. That's us. All of us who have loved his appearing, we just went through the season of Advent where we prayed, O come, Emmanuel. We celebrated his appearing at Christmas. We remember it with a nativity. We sing about it. We read about it. We loved his appearing. And what is laid up, not just for the Apostle Paul, but also for you, is that crown of righteousness On that day, as Paul said, which is the final day, when our Lord Jesus Christ does return. And he will return. He will come back for you. And he will give you on that day the greatest amount of daily bread you could ever have by bestowing on your head the crown of righteousness, eternal life. And allowing all of us on that day to eat from the tree of life. And this time live forever, never knowing death ever again. Truly the greatest daily bread we could ever receive. May God preserve all of us in the faith until that glorious day comes. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.